G'day guys, welcome to Talk Shop, the workshop talk show. We are your hosts, Al and Imo, husband and wife duo, building our dream lifestyle one project at a time. We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we work. And pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. G'day guys, we're back and it's another episode of Talk Shop, the workshop talk show. We're back everybody. We are so sorry that we missed last week's episode, but we had a sick baby home from daycare and it was stressful. We had so much going on and it just really turned our whole week upside down. And we feel so guilty when we miss a podcast episode, but it's definitely kind of kicked our butts into gear about getting a little bit more organized with preparing for the potties. But last week, we just were so unprepared to have a full week of baby home from daycare. Yeah, totally. And I think we've only missed maybe two or three podcasts over the whole year. Like we've been going for over a year now, which is crazy. We didn't, did we even acknowledge that we've hit our full year anniversary of the podcast? I think it was like a month ago, but I don't even know if we acknowledged it on the show, but we have been doing this podcast for over a year and it's crazy. Like, I just can't believe that we've managed to like sit down and do this. I kind of feel like maybe we have talked about this on the show, but now I'm like, I don't Maybe know. we spoke about it the week before last and we just forgot because we missed one. We missed an episode, but we're back this week and- we're feeling good. It's been, um, yeah, like Imo said, a hard week last week with Goldie being sick. It throws everything into disarray around the house. You're like, shit, how are we going to get all our work done? We got to juggle her. You had to get your hair done, so I had to look after her for I a I had afternoon. to get my hair done. That's the one thing Al but said to hair me. hair did. I was like, oh, do you think you can reschedule your hair appointment? I was like, uh, no, it takes me months to get a spot to get my hair done. So if there's anything that's not getting cancelled, it's my hair. And I literally sat at the hair salon for hours with my laptop getting work done. So it wasn't all wasted time. But yeah, when you suggested I change my appointment, I just laughed. I actually told the girls at the hair salon that you suggested I move my appointment and they were all in stitches. They thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, I actually did have a really fun day with Goldie though that afternoon. We got out and about. We went for our walk. We took Ween out. I took her down to Bell's. There was like a bit of swell that day. So we just watched a bit of surfing and I let Goldie walk around up at the top there of the car park and it was just so fun and she's she's at such a fun age like pointing out everything she sees going flower, flower and like looking at the surf being like wow and um, yeah. Obviously, happy parent here, just like loving everything that our child does. Yeah, she's become super chatty recently, like repeats every word you say. I think she's really clever, but I don't know. Who knows? Everybody thinks their own children are super clever, but she's really sweet. Such a great age. We love it. Uh, Last week was also super exciting because it was the final week of our students who were inside the course. It was their final week. They finished. They've all finished up, wrapped up with the course. And it was, I always get so sad saying goodbye on that final Zoom with them because I'm just like, we've just spent the last 12 weeks together. I'm not, I'm not ready to say goodbye yet, but we just met such awesome people, really cool makers. Everybody's got such different stories. They're from different places. They've got different visions, different goals, different dreams. And yeah, it just, I'm so inspired. And it was like, yeah, just lovely. Yeah. I always get, it's a bit bittersweet when we finish them because it's like, it's a great day to be like, oh, wow, we did another group of the students. We met all these new people. It was so much fun. But it's also hard to say goodbye, like you said, and be like, you know, not speak to them every week and catch up because I think that's one of the funnest parts about the course 
is like catching up with everyone and you know spitballing all the ideas of how they're going to achieve their goals in their business and stuff and then it's kind of like you get to the end and you you sort of farewell them off into the world it's like i imagine when you have kids and they finally move up, move out of home and that you like stand at the door and you wave them <laughs> off and you start crying. They're leaving the nest. <laughs> yeah. Or and um, even I imagine like teachers after like being yeah, with students for, for sure. a full year and then saying goodbye and then welcoming new students and stuff. Like it was pretty, it's always very emotional. And I just like want to mention right now, huge congratulations to Chris and Stephanie who were students in our course right at the beginning of the year. They've just launched their business, Low Studio. Their website is now live. It looks amazing and I'm so happy for them. So definitely go and check it out. I did post about it last night on Talk Shop Insiders. So you can go and find the link there. But yeah, huge shout out and congratulations to those two. And super excited for all of the other students in our course who are working on their businesses and getting ready to launch their websites and whatnot as well. So yeah, just keep track of what everybody's up to. It's very exciting. And actually, this Thursday night, we're hosting a group Zoom for all of the students of the successful furniture makers from this year, we're all going to get together, all three groups, and have a group Zoom on Thursday night, which I'm super excited about. Yeah, so if you are listening to this and you are a previous student, get into the Facebook group because there'll be a link posted in there of how to join. And we'd love to see you all there on this Thursday because we miss you guys. We can't wait to like have a little catch up and see where you're all at. Oh, and also we had our first baby born with inside the course. So Ricky and Mel welcomed their beautiful baby girl, Lila, to the world whilst doing the course. So first baby, super exciting. And that's the other thing about the course is that we get to personally meet people. Like we're all Zooming from our lounge rooms in the evening. We learn about each other's kids, families, other businesses, work-life commitments, partners, all of that kind of stuff. So Yes, we're super excited to not just celebrate the wins in business, but those huge wins in life as well. So a huge shout out to Ricky and Mel. Congratulations on the arrival of your beautiful baby girl who we got to meet on Zoom last week, which was just the best. It was. But today we wanted to address a question that we got. This question was suggested by a listener through our private Facebook group, Talk Shop Insiders. Um, And the question read like this, what are some steps towards making your work seem more legitimate? as in how to appear more professional with how you operate and command a better price, quoting, costing materials, invoicing, delivery. I feel like sometimes trying to please clients has led me to question whether a job is worth my while while I'm completing it. Um, And that's from Connor. And Connor, I've got to say, like, we've been through this. This is something we did so many times in the beginning of our business. We we kind of like dabbled in photography of like different styles and stuff. And we've been pretty consistent throughout because Imo's got such a great design brain and everything like that. But we definitely underquoted ourselves a lot in the beginning because you just want to please your customers. Sometimes you feel like you've got to drop your prices because they've got a low budget. And it's just like you just do what you can to get the work coming in. And sometimes you end up kicking yourself later on and you're like, like you said, you're completing the job and you're like, oh, is this even worth my time? I've, I'm busting my ass for this job and I'm not really feeling like I'm getting paid enough. And so legitimizing how you look as a business can really elevate how much you can charge to the customer and it can make you seem 
you know, it can all be smoke and mirrors. A lot of the time you can be working out of somewhere that's not a massive factory like us. We work out of a carport, you know, it's nothing special. It's not fancy, but the furniture is high quality and it's fancy and we make it look that way through our photography, our website, our branding. Everything we're going to talk to you about in this episode is how to make your furniture business look more legitimate and make things attract a high paying client again. Like we've already done that topic, but this is sort of more on that. Yeah, and I think all of these tips that we're going to talk about in this episode really help your self-confidence too because if you feel confident, then you'll feel more confident in selling your product, you'll feel more confident in pricing your product, you'll feel more confident in producing it and then also delivering it. So I think it's really important to focus on all of these things and take a really holistic approach so that you can then come across as a more legitimate business. So let's get stuck straight into it. The first topic we have is making sure that you actually have a quality product and service and that it's priced correctly. So the first thing you need to ask yourself is, does your product or service provide the solution to a problem? Do people actually want or need it? And if the answer is no to either of these, it's probably a good idea to go back to the drawing board and do a little bit market research. Yeah. And then once you do have a product that you've figured out like, okay, this is really something that people want, they need it. Like for us, it's beds. Like clearly there's a market out there. People want beds. Everyone sleeps. Like it's something that we all do. So a bed is something that is a needed product. And we figured that out and we were like, okay, what else can we offer? And as we started building beds, we realized a lot of people were coming to us asking for storage ideas within their bed. That became our point of difference. And so we went down that route and it kind of unveiled itself to us as we started making furniture. But the first thing you need to do when you start making a product is figure out the pricing and it needs to be set up according to the quality that you're producing. So when we started out, we didn't charge a high price for our furniture. We were just getting started and we knew that that was our in to be to become furniture makers was to sell cheaper furniture so that people would pay for our services. We knew we weren't creating the most high-end product yet, but we were aiming to get there. But in the beginning, you got to start out accordingly. And so this is where we had to price our furniture lower so we could get into the market and get making. Yeah. And I think we were just pricing ourselves according to our you know, experience. Yeah. And we were entry level, so our prices were lower. Now we're a little bit more experienced and as time has gone on, our prices have increased. Like anybody in any business, as you become more experienced or you're more educated or more qualified, your prices increase. So then what we did was compare this to other makers in the market and see where we sat. So we wanted to make sure that our prices were around the same price as people who were also producing the same quality. As our quality got better, let's look around again. Where do we sit in the market? And we always just want to make sure that we're positioned at the right price. So too little, people may not take us seriously and too high compared to our quality may deter sales. So it's really important to get the balance right and that pricing pretty spot on because you don't want to be underquoting yourself with a higher quality product and then completely burning out because people are just buying, 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 buying from you. Or you don't want to have something that's like a really high end product, but priced really low where people go, what's the catch? I don't get it. What's going on here? So you want to make sure that, yeah, you're positioning yourself right. You also don't want to be producing something that's pretty crappy quality at a really high price because then other people will be like really disappointed with what they get in the end. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think as your pricing goes up and the quality of your product goes up, so does the quality of your service. So that also reflects the pricing increase is our service to our customers now is a much higher degree of service to each individual customer. We've ironed out all the kinks, everything's seamless now, and that also reflects in the price that you charge them. Whereas in the beginning, it might have been a bit clunky. And so you charge them a less of a price too, because you're still working out how to run your business. So once you've nailed your product and pricing, it's time to think about all of your touch points online and in real life. And this is where your branding comes in. So you want to make sure that no matter where your customer comes across your business, that your branding is consistent. Branding is things like your logos, your colors, fonts, and language. And you'll find these things across all sorts of areas like your website, your social media, your email marketing, signage, vehicle, you know, packaging, stationery, invoices, email signature, your uniforms, and having a professional email address. Yeah. And I think it's very important, like you said, to keep this stuff all consistent. So it's a recognizable brand. There's no point having a website that has a certain text and font and logo and stuff, and then having signage on your car that's completely off. Because if people see your car, they're going to go to your website and they're going to be like, oh, is this even the same person? You know, you want to make sure that everything's consistent because it really legitimizes you as a brand that people can recognize, doesn't it? Yeah. And you'll feel so much more confident too. Like when you send off like a slick looking invoice and it's got your branding on it and it matches your website, it matches your email signature, you just feel and look more professional and people will take you seriously and they'll be like, yeah, sure. Here's my money. I'm going to pay the invoice because you look like a professional brand and I trust you. Yeah. And for us, this even goes down to silly things like the socks I'm wearing right now are a certain color green. Imo's in the same kind color socks and it matches our furniture friends brand like it's on the website it's all consistent like even the coloring of everything we do our uniform everything matches so people recognize the branding of our business of what we look like it all matches yeah we accidentally dressed goldie today also matching what we're wearing and we all walked out the door this morning wearing green and beige and we just looked kind of ridiculous but It is what it is. We just accidentally dress Goldie in kind of what we were wearing too. But I think it's really important to, yeah, look professional in real life and online and make sure that's really consistent. And it will just make you feel more confident, but it'll also make your customers feel more confident in working with you. Guys, you are going to hear me talk a lot about list building and email marketing on this show. It is hands down the most effective way to sell your products or services. In fact, email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on your social media accounts. I want to tell you a story. Recently, we received an email and it said this, Alan Imo, I inquired about purchasing a bed from you three years ago. I have saved up my money and now I am ready to buy. And to be completely honest, I don't care what bed you make me. I just want something built by you. I read it out to Al and we were like, this is awesome. A customer willing to pay and you have total creative freedom over that job. I mean, that's the dream for any maker or artist, right? We had been nurturing this customer through email for the past three years, and when she was ready to purchase a bed, she came back to us because she knew us and she trusted us. So although this customer didn't have the budget to purchase from us three years ago, she's ready now, and I want you to keep this in mind for your business. So everyone who contacts you still is a potential future customer. Think about it this way. You want more orders. 
You could either post a picture on your social media, you could pay for Facebook or Google or Instagram advertising and hope that you appear in front of the right person. Or you could spend the same amount of time putting together a slick looking email with some photos, some copy and email it directly to the people who have already shown an interest in your work before. I guarantee every single time we send out a sales email, we get an order. It is so much more effective than posting on social media. We use a platform called Flowdesk. It's a really easy drag and drop email platform. And you can create and send an email in a matter of minutes. Flowdesk has a bunch of slick looking templates to create professional emails that really drive results. Starting an email list may sound complicated, but at the end of the day, email marketing is simply capturing an email and sending an email. Use our discount code Alanimo and receive 50% off your subscription. And if you have no idea where to start, I've created a step-by-step guide to email marketing and you can find it in the free downloads in the show notes. Been sleeping on our Peace Lily mattress for a while now and we love it. When we spoke to Peace Lily, they told us about how most mattresses are purchased with a four to five year lifetime in mind. Unlike most mattresses, Peace Lily comes with a 25 year warranty. These guys have changed the game and provide a product that is made to last a lifetime just like our beds. They are made from sustainably harvested 100% natural latex rubber foam. The cover is made from certified organic cotton and they've even created a natural latex glue which makes them the most sustainable mattresses that you can purchase in Australia. I love knowing that there are no nasties and that my family is getting a really healthy sleep. The last time we bought a mattress we couldn't get out of the shop quick enough and in hindsight we ended up with a mattress that was way too soft and not right for us. The great thing about Peace Lily mattresses is they have a medium and a firm size and come with a 100 night sleep trial so you can figure out what works best for you. We've been flipping ours back and forth and we decided that Firm is for us. We are proud to support companies like Peace Lily who align with our mantra, good design for good people. Hit the link in our show notes to find out more and from our family to yours, sweet dreams. We are beyond stoked that we are the first brand ambassadors for Fitties Australia. We've been using Fitties Hard Wax Oil on our furniture for years. It's a product that we love and recommend, so you can imagine this partnership is a dream come true for us. Fitties comes in a variety of colours and finishes and is great for any interior and exterior timber or concrete projects. You can expect to see plenty of DIY home design, joinery and furniture content from us using premium Fitties products throughout the Good Day house build and our furniture making business. Thank you to Fitties for believing in us and supporting our vision. We cannot wait to share your product with other makers and home DIYers across Australia and the world. Hit the link in the notes to find your closest stockist. The next step would be to have quality photography. This is something that Imo has really delved deep into. This is a passion of yours, isn't it? Like you've over the years, you've continuously tried to evolve your photography and get better and better at it. And you've learned so much as our business has grown and it's it reflects through our business growing as well. Yeah, totally. And photography is actually what you're going to rely on to sell your product. So you could make the most beautiful furniture in the world with the most incredible detail. But if you don't photograph it, then nobody's going to see it and you're not going to be able to sell it. So it needs to be really enticing, your photography your potential customer and take them to the next step. They need to go, oh my gosh, look at that. That's beautiful. How can I purchase it? How can I order it? How can I work with you? So it's really important to either invest in learning how to produce quality photography yourself or invest in a professional. Yeah. And I think one of the main points with photography is to do styled content because this is really going to up the value of your product to the customer. Like they're going to see photos 
If you've just got one of those stock standard furniture maker websites or Instagrams where it's just furniture in your workshop or there's nothing styling the piece of furniture, it doesn't really entice the customer. That's more appealing to the eyes of other furniture makers, definitely. Like I love seeing all the joints and everything that goes into what makes a great piece of furniture, but sometimes the customer really wants to see how it can look for them in their home you know, with other items in there to style it for scale, for that feeling of like, oh, this could be in my lounge room or this could be in my bedroom. So that's part of the photography aspect where you, you want to make sure that it looks styled so the customer can put themselves into the frame of mind of like, oh, that could be in my house. Yeah, I think it's really important when you're doing photography is to think, how is this actually going to appeal to my customer? And it's all about selling to a customer because you want to make sure that you're providing them an image which helps them visualize what it could look like in their own home and that they want to buy it. And I know like, for for example, like I could post a photo of one of our beds in an empty room with no styling, no mattress, nothing, and it's just there on its own. Or I could post an image of the same bed but styled in the room. The one that's styled in the room, hands down, has like at least double, if not more, engagement. People just love the idea of being like, oh, yeah, I like that. I could I could visualize that in my room. And also I think it's really important that when you are styling and taking photography that it's consistent and on brand. So if you're using a particular type of editing technique, you want to make sure that you would use that over all of your images. You don't want to be adding all different types of filters and colors and different kind of styling and, and different, you know, ways of styling like you might be really minimalist or you might be really maximalist like we are you might decide to use lots of color you might decide to go really neutral you might go art deco you might go vintage you might go modern you might go contemporary like whatever you do stick to a particular style yeah and I think one way you can go about this is if you're really unsure about what your style is is start making Pinterest boards and saving images of things that you really like the look of of how they've styled things, and it'll start to develop a style of what you're actually interested in and go from there because there's no point trying to develop a style that's not you. You have to be true to yourself because it's going to be so much easier to style your items when it's something that like really relates to you. So don't go finding like this super crazy styled stuff and try to imitate it. Really stick to something that you're interested in as we do, like we dress the way we do because we want to dress that way anyway, but it fits into our branding. So I think maintaining that consistency is really important, isn't it? Yeah. And I also would think like, you know, the past few years, there's been a huge, like, I don't know, like lean towards like really neutral interiors and very like, you know, which is great. It's just not for me. We love using color. We always have. And although the trends are telling me like, oh, neutral, neutral, neutral. I'm just like, meh, I don't care. I really love color. We've always stuck to our guns, done what we like, and it's paying off for us. So I think whatever feels most natural to you, lean in that direction and you can only succeed. And if you still need a lot of help, then there's amazing stylists out there that you can reach out to and say, hey, look, I've got a photo shoot coming up. I really need like a professional eye to look over this. Can I please hire your services and get some suggestions? Yeah. The next thing would be a professional looking website. This is Extremely important for anyone with an online business. If your customers are seeing your van drive past or finding you somewhere, they're going to search for your website. That's how, if that's how you've set up to purchase, you're going to be getting.
getting a lot of customers coming to your website and it needs to look professional. It needs to be up to date, needs to be easy to navigate, and it needs to have clear call to action. So you need to lead your customers in the right direction and let them get the information that they need as soon as possible. Yeah, this is super important, guys, because you only have seconds to impress someone with your website. And I do this all the time. I will click on a website and if it looks like crap, I click straight off it and then I move on to the next one. So it's really important that your website actually guides your customers and makes them excited and entices them to take the next step with you. It's really important. And this is where your slick photography and your branding comes in because this will help you look really professional and entice those customers to take the next step to working with you. So I cannot stress enough having, even if it's a really clean and simple website and there's not a whole lot going on there, just make sure that it gives them the, exactly the information they need and the next step to take. Yeah, and this leads into the next point, which is seamless customer service. You basically want to take away as many of the questions that your potential customers might have. And this is something that you can do through your photography, through the information on your website. It's got to be simple, but it's also got to be very easy to understand for someone who's just stumbling across your website. It's like, how do they order? Here's how you order. How do you sign up for an email? Here's how you do that. Like the picture and the photography has to be all on brand, as we've said earlier. And it just has to be so clear as to what the next step of the customer is meant to be. Yeah, I would say seamless customer service is literally the most important step to looking like a professional business is to act like one. Like you have to act professional to come across as professional. So things to focus on would be is to create a seamless customer experience where clients actually enjoy the process of working with you. And I have worked with businesses in the past where it's just been an awful experience. And you're like, I never want to work with these people again. It was hard. I couldn't get in touch with them. They were really slow to reply to emails. I didn't know how to pay. I didn't get a receipt. Like there's all of these things that are just so painful when you work with a business and you want to make sure that you're not doing any of that with your customers. And if you're building custom furniture, chances are you're charging a premium. So you need to offer a premium service as well. So you want to make sure that you are making a really enjoyable customer service experience so that your customers want to come back and return. Yeah, I think the way to do this is to refine certain areas of the customer touch points. The first thing would be responding to inquiries in a timely manner. Yeah, with this one. So either if you can get to the customer and email them straight away, great, and give them the answers that they're looking for. Number two is if you can't, if they need more information that that you can provide quickly, I always say, hey, just letting you know I received your email. I'll have all of your questions answered by Friday. And so at least you've you've got in touch with them and you've given them a time frame. So they're like, okay, they've heard me. They understand. They got my email and they're going to get back to me by this date. So if you can't respond immediately and give them all the answers, give them a time frame of when you will get back to them. Yeah. And this is also better. We use email for this purpose is because if everyone was calling me on the phone to get in touch, it's so much more admin. And chances are you're making something in the workshop. You don't want to be constantly answering phone calls saying, hey, can I call you back, you know, like it's so much easier to go through email because you can do it in your own time. 
you can do it at night if you want. You can write all the emails, send them off, and then you can be working the next day and they can just open the email when they choose to. Yeah, the other thing with phone calls is sometimes things get lost in translation and you miss things. So unless you're like sitting there writing notes at the same time and likely with a phone call you have to follow up with an email anyway to go through what you spoke about on the phone. So, I mean, in our business we keep everything online in email but I know other people really love getting on the phone and that's how they sell. They're, they're good talkers. They're, you know, they're good salesmen or saleswomen, salespeople. Um, and, you know, phone calls, what really helps you sell your business. So it's really up to you, but whatever you do, make sure that it's consistent with every customer who gets in contact with you. Whether you're talking on the phone, you're in person, or it's, you know, through email, that customer service experience and all touch points need to be consistent for every customer. Yeah, and that goes down to being consistent with your quoting and design process. So for every single customer, it needs to be the same. You need to set up a simple sort of strategy as to how it works with each customer and stick to that because you might have like the first design concept and rough quotes and then if they come back to you saying yes, then you move to the next stage, which will be a finalized design and quote. And then you can move to the next stage, which would be invoicing and so on. And then you have the the time frame of when you're going to deliver. And it goes like this. And you just kind of come up with this routine that you can go through with every single customer. And it becomes, like we've been saying, a consistent strategy for every single one. And then you don't get lost in the weeds with like, oh, I was on the phone to this one um, and I forgot about that. But this guy's on email and this guy's on Instagram. Like if you can push all your customers into the same direction and the same customer experience, it makes tracking every single job so much easier and it just makes the process so much easier for you and the customer. Yeah, totally. And I think that quoting and design process and ordering process, having those processes set in place and actually outlining what the process looks like to your customer before they even start working with you they understand what kind of what they're in for and they and they know how it's going to work so that they're not constantly asking you like hey what happens now hey what happens now like you've provided that information to them they know and they can just like sit back and relax and know that everything's going to unfold in time um the other thing i would say at this point with your customer service is make sure that receiving money is really easy because you want to make sure that you're able to get their deposits and their balances in a really quick way and where there's no like fucking around because there is nothing worse than things getting funky when it comes to money. You just want to make that that really, really easy and seamless. And then I would say like the last thing on the whole customer service experience is just make sure that you deliver what you promise on time every time. Yeah. And I think just back to the receiving money point that you were making, this is where you need to outline this to the customer. Say, this is our process. Once we get this finalized design, we give you the quote, you pay a 50% deposit before we start your job. As you get, as you pay the deposit, your job goes into our jobs list and then you'll pay the final 50% remainder just before delivery. And if you outline this, this is exactly what we do. And so if you outline this to the customers from the get-go, they're aware of the process and how it works. And they're not surprised when you're like sending them an invoice, you know, a week before their job's going to get delivered. And they're like, oh shit, like, I didn't know I was meant to pay for this now. Like you've already outlined that clearly in email. It's written, you've got records and the customer knows. Yeah, with our orders, because we've got quite significantly high payments, like our average spend is around 9000 and quite a lot of them are above that. I've actually now got into the habit 
of like contacting our customers like a month prior to delivery just to let them know where we're at and that they have that month to pay their balance. And it gives them time to go figure out where they're going to get the money from if they don't just have it sitting there. So I think, think it's always worth giving your clients plenty of notice before they need to make a payment um, because, yeah, they might just have to shuffle some things around. And I just think that's a nice thing to do. Yeah, totally. And this is something that we've learned throughout our business because we have been through phases where, you know, I'd be finishing off a job and I'd say, hey, Imo, we've got to deliver this one on the weekend. And Imo would send the remaining invoice being like, hey, we're going to deliver your bed in two days. And people are a bit shocked sometimes trying to get the money together. So we've figured that out along the way. We've made that mistake and realized like, oh, hey, it's better to give your customer touch points where they can figure out like, okay, my bed's coming. I've got time to get the money together and pay them. And then I'm all square by the time it comes to my house and there's no worries. We just hand it over and it's all smart. Yeah. And the other thing is, is like getting to your customers before they get to you. So like, you know, before in the past, we've definitely had customers being like, hey, just getting in touch to see if my you know order is going to be ready this month. Whereas now I like I've got that process in place where I'm, I'm getting to them before they send that email. And I'm like, hey, just letting you know your job is on track to be delivered by this date you know, this is the next step. Let's confirm your delivery address. Here's your remaining balance. You've got this much time to have it paid and we'll be in touch closer to the date to arrange that delivery time. So yeah, you're just giving them that outline and and holding their hand throughout the process. So they don't actually have to ask you any questions. You answer them before they even ask. Yeah. And a simple way to do this extra touch point of like, hey guys, your bed's going to be delivered or whatever your piece is going to be delivered at this point in time would be as you're organizing the start of the job, that's the time to get in touch with them because chances are making furniture, it's usually only a couple of weeks to up to a month to make a piece. So this is the time to get in touch when you're starting the job so that you know they're prepared for that job to be delivered. Yeah, totally. And if you are listening to this and you're like, oh, the whole customer service thing seems really tricky and scary. I have a whole module of this in the course. It's probably my favorite module in there because it's stuff that you don't really think about, but it's really, really important. We do things like customer journey mapping, touch points, and just making sure that experience is seamless. And plus you receive like all of our email templates, everything that we do in our business, the programs we use, you know, the workflows of what it looks like. So if you want that from us and if you listen to us talk about our business and you're like, gosh, I just wish... I had what they had. We literally serve it up to you on a silver platter. So you're welcome to come and join that course. We're going to kick off another round at the end of January. But before we go, let's do a quick takeaways of the highlights of this episode. Al, start. Okay. So the first one was make sure your product and your service is quality and priced accordingly. The next is to make sure that you have consistent branding across all of your business touch points online and in real life. Yep. And then the next one is invest in quality photography, either learn to do it yourself or hire someone who is a professional. Next is having a slick, up-to-date website that is easy to navigate and provides the information your customers are looking for quickly. The last one would be to strive for a seamless customer service that makes working with you a really easy and enjoyable experience. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. Five tips for making your small furniture business look more legitimate. Hopefully, we've answered your question there, Connor. And if you do have any extra questions on how to get all this stuff working, like Imo said, we've got the course running again next year. So you could sign up for that if you have, you know, if it's too overwhelming and you need all the information set out for you, 
the course is that. Yeah, and also if you want to join our private Facebook group, Talk Shop Insiders, search for it on Facebook. I'll pop a link below in the show notes. We would absolutely love to have you come and join us there. And if you are a past student of Successful Furniture Makers, remember that Thursday night, 8 p.m. Australian Daylight Savings Time, we're having our live Zoom and we would absolutely love to have you all there. I know it's a bit of a funky time of year coming up to Christmas and people have a lot of other commitments, but we would really love to catch up and hear how the year has been for you. Um, and what else can we add in? I think just to correct you, it's Australian Eastern Standard Daylight Savings Time because there's Western Australia does daylight savings as well. So just so you know. It's so funny because I just had I had a Zoom meeting last week with somebody. She was in Hawaii and I was here and I'm like sitting there on like Zoom being like, where are you? And I send her an email. She's like, oh, shit, I got the times wrong because of daylight savings. I've got my time set for an hour from now. Anyway, we jumped on, we made it work and figured it out. But, yeah, we've made that mistake. This worldwide thing, it's crazy, isn't it? Like trying to figure out everyone's time zones. I love it, though. Like I'm able to like Zoom with her in Hawaii and we're just like having a chat and you do business with people all over the world. It's the best feeling ever. I like I love the internet. I love that we've been able to connect. And like this podcast, we've got people all over the world listening. And actually, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't sent us a review, and you like the show, please send one through because, you know, it really drives us to keep pushing and to bring these episodes out. And we'd also love any topic suggestions as well. Yeah, I'd love to get some more topics from the listeners out there because like Connor here, we love to answer your questions and do full episodes about anything that you might be curious about with your small business or anything you're after figuring out from what we might be able to help you with. Um, But that's it for this episode, guys. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. See you guys. Bye. Bye.